I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right, good morning. Welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 103.9 WYAB. I am your host, Mike Madison. Uh, I don't mention it that often, but I do podcast this show. If anybody's ever interested in going back and catching up on something or sharing the show with somebody else, you can find it, uh, The Mike Madison Show, on most popular podcast apps. Uh, it's it's interesting, you know, I, I, didn't, I don't talk about it a lot. I, I'm, I've got to learn from Clay Edwards how to self-market. The guy is just absolutely fantastic at marketing himself. He, he's done a great job with his show. But, but it's interesting in watching my podcast statistics, there'll be days where there are hundreds of people downloading the show, and then there's a day where there's 12 people. Or even some weeks, I'll see huge spikes and then dips. And I'm, I should probably pay attention to that just to see. I'm, I'm curious to know. If there are topics that are more popular just by the titles, maybe people don't download them. Uh, it won't change anything. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still going to be me. I'm still going to cover what I cover. But it, it's just, it's kind of fascinating to see. But I, I do appreciate the people who have supported the podcast, just because I, I know my time slot is, uh, is not necessarily conducive to those people who go out there and work for a living. So you can find the show, uh, the Mike Madison Show. Uh, it's at Podbean is where I host it, so you can search for themikemadisonshow.podbean.com, but it's also on Apple Podcasts and a whole other host of platforms. So check it out there if you're interested. Uh, quotes of the day today. I've got a couple of them. And then we're going to take a like a 30,000-foot look at planet Earth. And what has transpired over, I'm going to use, I guess, the last 30 years. It's really quite remarkable, and I don't know if we really spend enough time pulling ourselves far enough back to look and see what some of the trends in the world have been. They're, they're quite stunning. Uh, first quote of the day today is from Martha Bueno. She says, For the last 189 years, we've had either a Republican or a Democrat as President, House, Senate, and Judiciary. For 189 years, America has been getting further and further away from the country the Founding Fathers envisioned and further and further into cronyism. Have you considered not supporting the establishment yet? If not, what's it going to take? <laughs> Amen, Martha. That's a, that's a question the show has posed for six and a half years now. What does it take for people to finally start think, looking around and saying, I, 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 I just can't do it anymore? I talked yesterday about the debt ceiling, the Republicans that everybody's put so much time and energy and faith into, and they, they whiff again. It's actually worse than a whiffing. It's just a it's a prison pounding of the taxpayer in the United States. But uh, people will are uh, lining up in their tribes 
as we speak, as we kick off another, or is, is it even another campaign season at this point? It's just endless. It's just constant, constant campaigning. We, we get no relief from any of these things. But anyway, we're going to talk about that a little bit today, too. And then the second quote of the day. Uh, last week, last week I did my shows featuring some veterans, the heartbreaking story of the one veteran who, a, a real man's man, Marine, who had pulled over to the side of the road in just a complete mental breakdown trying to get care for his PTSD. Uh, the day after that, I ran across uh, another quote from a from a former service per, uh, member who had said it was the worst decision they ever made. They just can't believe, and now uh, what they signed up for, and now they're going out ringing the alarm bells, trying to make people understand exactly what has happened, how our elites use our military. And then I run across this one. Uh, this was from. I did not clip the actual link to this, so I can't remember what the bio is, but I believe this was an Iraq War veteran. Uh, he tweets under the handle Noctus Draven. He said, when I think of, of how many countries I was told to hate growing up and while serving, it makes my head spin. China, Russia, Russia, China, China, Russia, etc., etc. Years later, after giving the best years of my life and my body and family to the American government, I find out I was simply a tool used to bully the world. It wasn't Russia or China that dropped nukes on civilians not once but twice. It was America. It wasn't Russia or China that launches proxy wars or invades Middle Eastern countries for two decades. It was America. It wasn't Russia or China that invaded Vietnam or polices the world and requires other countries to kiss the ring in order to exist and to do business. It is America. Now, again... This is from an Iraq veteran. This is from a military member. And this really, this combined with some news stories I ran across, do you realize that we live in a time where China's approach to the rest of the world is a far more moral, and I would say even in principles, a more Christian approach to the rest of the world than the United States? I don't misunderstand me. The Chinese communist system is horrific. I am a freedom lover. I am a libertarian. I want basically no government. But when you stop and pull out from the world, look, I'm going to go through some things that are, that are going on in the world right now. China is currently bringing the world to their side through cooperation and without any bombs or sanctions that hurt civilians. Now, they may have a grand plan of world conquest that ultimately subjugates all of humanity into an evil totalitarian system of control. That certainly is part of the communist playbook. But I'm saying to look at things as they exist today, China is doing the right things, and we, the United States, leading the West in doing the evil things around the planet. This is the U.S. and the collective West when it comes to foreign policy. And I've got to tell you, our domestic policy is not much better. China is currently, or has been, actually they've already succeeded at it. China has negotiated peace between the Sunnis and the Shias in the Muslim world right now. I don't know if you've seen this, but I can't remember all of the countries. It's like Omar and the UAE and Saudi Arabia and Iran are putting together a, a navy, a collective navy. China brought them together. 
brought peace between the Sunni and the Shia. The Chinese are now supporting negotiations in Ukraine, while the West, we had Great Britain send Boris Johnson over to stop a peace deal last March, and we have said there is no room for negotiation. We're not even really attempting anything along those lines. The Chinese right now, the communist Chinese dictatorship of China, they are currently building roads and bridges and power plants all over the world. And, and not the way we do it. The, the way the United States and the West has done it over the past 30 years is to bomb the crap out of a country, blow a bunch of their infrastructure up, and then give big contracts to our own donor class here to go in and rebuild those things. No, China, again, I'm not a fan of the Chinese government. See, I, I have to always remember there's a lot of simpletons, a lot of black and white people, a lot of binary thinkers, a lot of good guy versus bad guy people listening. I'm no fan of the Chinese government. But this is how they're exerting their influence around the world as opposed to the way the United States and the collective West is is trying to influence the planet. We're also living in a time right now when Europe, when Europe would be much better off being friendly with Russia than following us, being our ally. The, the, The willingness of the EU, of the European countries... And their corrupt governments over there, this is the West again, their willingness to follow the U.S. into conflict with Russia has destroyed their economies. The U.S.-led wars into the Middle East caused millions, maybe tens of millions, of Middle Eastern people to flee for their lives. And they moved into European countries, which has just caused tremendous problems for these countries financially and culturally. It's turned parts of Europe into just violent slums. There are no-go zones uh, in places in France and England. When the U.S. went in and destroyed the countries of Iraq and Afghanistan, Libya, Syria, Yemen... The people fleeing for their lives flooded into Europe through Turkey, another ally that's beginning to turn on us. I don't know if you've been paying attention to that, a NATO ally that seems to have had just about all they can take of the West. But these people uh, fled for their lives through Turkey and across the Mediterranean. It's just decimated. uh, Sweden had a huge problem with uh, Middle Eastern people and the culture shock that was there. They had no intention of assimilating to Swedish society, and they had huge problems with rape. And even our friends, even our friends, the collect, let's just take a look at the West right now. I'm not even talking about China. And again, I don't want to live under Chinese rule. I don't want to live under Russian government. There are no good guys In this scenario, all I'm saying is comparatively, if you back up far enough, if you just take a look at planet Earth and you see where the trouble is coming from, to to just stop and think for a second with everything we've we've been taught throughout our whole lives, our impression of what uh, America, this shining city on the hill, a thousand points of light, uh, that China's outdoing us in, 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 in humanitarian things around the planet. Again, I'm sure it's with evil intent in the end, but I'm not talking about what, what ends up happening. I'm saying right now, even, the, even our friends in the West, our so-called allies of the, air quotes here in the studio, civilized West, right? 
This is where we see countries like England, England, Australia, and Canada, probably the most similar countries to us, all complete authoritarians during COVID. I mean, draconian stuff. Couldn't see your relatives in a, in a hospital in, in Australia. You couldn't go across certain imaginary lines to get emergency care for a loved one who might have been suffering because you were crossing into another county that didn't allow people to come from. You know what I mean? Canada, we know exactly the totalitarian uh, government that Canada has under Justin Trudeau. We are now, near as I can tell, when it comes particularly to foreign policy around the world and how the actions of one block or the other block affect the rest of humanity, the United States and the Western powers are now the axis of evil when it comes to foreign policy. And, and the domestic policies of the West are at best suicidal, if not entirely homicidal. I mean, we're seeing European countries are closing their nuclear power plants and their citizens are being bankrupted by an energy crisis. The EU and places like Denmark are forcing family farms to close to meet their bizarre climate agenda. These are the supposed civilized Western countries. They're, they're attempting the same thing here. We've seen, I think, John Kerry say things. They're, they're talking about killing thousands of cows to save the planet. This is in the air quotes here in the studio, civilized Western countries. I haven't heard the Russia's doing that. China certainly isn't going by the climate stuff. Of course, they are massive, horrific polluters. <laughs> so don't don't think I'm carrying water for the the great uh, economic strides or freedoms of people in China. No, it's not the case. But it, it's it's quite amazing to me while while Western countries are are trying to close mines. You know, we had Hillary Clinton famously on a campaign trail. I guess she thought this was popular to go to West Virginia and say, "Oh yeah, we're going to shut your mines down." While the civilized Western countries are shutting down cheap energy for their own citizens, Russia is running around providing cheap energy to anybody willing to trade with them, and China is busy building more nuclear facilities. I can't remember if the number was, I think there's something like 36 or 46 new nuclear facilities that are being built in China right now or plans to build them very quickly. They're going to be flush with energy. And even their poor, oppressed the people that live in that complete dictatorship, I'm no fan of China. Do you understand me? But at least they'll have energy while the rolling blackouts overtake the civilized West. Again, there are no good guys in this world when it comes to governments. And I don't like Chinese influence all over the world, but at least they're doing it peacefully. I don't want to live under the Russian government. But the trend of the last 30 years has been a march of the West towards totalitarian world control. And we see the old former Soviet Union moving to try to trade with people. Oh, they have invaded a neighbor, and we're going to talk a little bit about that when I come back. But it wasn't unprovoked. It's completely understandable. While tragic, it certainly is understandable. But just, just think about that. Too. I'm a middle-aged man. A lot of people who listen to me probably are. Maybe some boomers if I haven't scared you off. <laughs> Hopefully some, some uh, Gen Zers. So maybe you're not completely 
completely propagandized to by right-wing radio or uh, liberal media, that you know that there are other ways to think about things. But just think, for those of us who have really grown up thinking that we were the force for good, the, what I'm talking about now, these are objective truths. I can back up everything, every single thing I've said, and, and you know it to be true. How lopsided, how have we allowed ourselves to fall this far? It is amazing to me when China and Russia are setting better examples around the world than the United States and the civilized West. Be right back. Don't stop me You know, I, I understand there will be a lot of people not happy with me kind of drawing this line, this comparison between the United States and the civilized West and China and Russia. They, they won't even like that. And, and what's interesting to me, I, I'm so fascinated with human behavior. I'm wondering if we've always been this bad. Now, most recently, we have had the issue of the Ukrainian dam exploding. Now, I've done some research into that because that feels like something Ukraine would do. But I've seen people say that it's not a strategic advantage to either one of them. It may have been an actual explosion, just a, it's, it's a consequence of the war, I'm sure. Because you can't maintain your facilities while you're fighting over territory and the rest of these kinds of things, but it might have been some power generation stuff. Now there's talk of uh, Ukraine had let the water rise to its highest level in six years before this happened. I Believe me, I don't put it past the Ukrainians, but this it may not have been to a big advantage of anybody. Of course, the Western media is saying this is Russia automatically. That's just what they do. And we should certainly be suspect of that. But it, it just doesn't even matter how in your face this stuff gets. People will refuse to change course. And this is what is fascinating to me because it, this dovetails onto a New York Times story. And I'm seriously wondering, have we always been this way and this bad? Or or did the digital world and cell phones and social media, just endless information, did it overload our circuits? Or, or have people always, not just here, but all people, just been this stupid all along? And I'm just starting to understand this in my middle age. Because I find myself absolutely fascinated by the masses of people unable to coherently process information anymore. What I told you about in the first segment of today's show, it's all demonstrably true. China is exerting great influence around the world. They're doing it without dropping any bombs. So if one evil empire is trying to take over the world and another evil empire is trying to take over the world, the ones that doesn't drop the bombs, they're, they're better objectively better for the people in the countries where they're exerting their influence. But people refuse to see these things, and I'm fascinated by this. I mean, there are people who still believe COVID protocols were necessary, and believe me, they will comply again when the next hysteria begins. It doesn't matter what, what the consequences have been. It doesn't matter what the, what the obvious holes and everything. Will, it just doesn't matter. People are still supporting one war or another. For some, particularly on the left, it's Russia. For the right, uh, conservatives are still chomping for war with China and Iran. 
And I just find myself struggling to figure out how we have not in mass caught on to a huge majority of this stuff. And I'm wondering if it's ego. I don't have the quote up here that I've referred to so many times by Carl Sagan about the great bamboozle, but is it just too painful to admit when somebody, when you've been tricked, so you double down? You know, I, I'm not rushing towards the afterlife, but I sure as hell hope that things like this are explained on the other side. <laughs> if I get to, if I get to heaven, I'm assuming, I'm assuming, yeah, I'm making some assumptions there. If I get to heaven and I ask this question, what the hell is wrong with people and that nobody has an answer for me? Well, I, I don't know. It's just, it's the weirdest thing. I'm going to be so disappointed. But like this, the New York Times recently did an article talking about, I'll tell you what. Now, I'll go ahead and get into this. Uh, New York Times recently did an article talking about how uncomfortable it is that so many Ukrainian troops are displaying Nazi symbols. <laughs> of course, they try to downplay it or excuse it. Let me, let me pull up these headlines here. Here it is from the New York Times. Uh, their story says, uh, the, the, the title of this story is, Nazi symbols on Ukraine's front lines highlight thorny issue of history. They say the decision by some Ukrainian soldiers to wear patches with Nazi icons threatens to reinforce Russian propaganda used to justify the invasion. It also could give the symbols mainstream life after the West's decade-long efforts to eliminate them. What I really find funny about that, the decision by some Ukrainian soldiers to wear patches with Nazi icons threatens to reinforce Russian propaganda used to justify the invasion. Well, if the, not, if the Ukrainian soldiers are actually wearing these symbols, then when Russia told you that Ukraine has a Nazi problem, that wasn't propaganda. It was a fact. It was a fact. But the New York Times laughably calls it propaganda. Now, here was, uh, there's another, another part of the story here. Let me get to this. Yeah, here it is. Uh, uh, New York Times said in their story, so far the imagery has not eroded international support for the war. It has, however, left diplomats, Western journalists, and the advocacy groups in a difficult position, calling attention to the iconog uh, iconography, uh, risk playing into Russian propaganda, <laughs> saying nothing allows it to spread. Again, they call this Russian propaganda because Russians pointed out, apparently truthfully, right, New York Times? that Ukraine has a Nazi problem. But here was the greatest one. Uh, in, in November, during a meeting with Times reporters near the front lines, a Ukrainian press officer wore a Totenkopf variation made by a company called R3ICH, pronounced Reich. <laughs> he said he did not believe the patch was affiliated with the Nazis. A second press officer present said other journalists had asked soldiers to remove the patch before taking photographs. Think about that for just a second. So you've got <clears throat> air quotes here in the studio again. I'm going to have to do this a lot today. Air quotes here in the studio. You had air quotes here in the studio. Journalists that were interviewing Nazi, uh, Ukrainian soldiers with Nazi symbols. And instead of just showing the picture of them, you know, just the facts, right? Just the facts. We're just going to give you the facts. No, they said, hey, we'd love to do an interview. Would you mind taking off the SS and covering up your uh, <laughs> your Blitzkrieg skeleton tattoo while we do this interview so we can gin up some uh, support for you around the world? 
they've been telling him to cover it up. I'm not sure why the New York Times did this story in the first place, but boy, you know, but here's the scary thing and where I get back to this idea of human nature. I have a Democrat friend who still takes the New York Times. I am dying to ask her if she's read that article and just to see what she thought. I'm not mad at her. I like her a lot. It's just that uh, I've tried to explain the Nazi segment of Ukraine and their brutal attacks on ethnic Russians in Ukraine for the past nine years. So maybe if the New York Times tell her, tells her it's true, she'll believe it. But here's the thing. I'm scared to ask her. Because I really like this girl. I don't want her to show me how she has justified this in her brain and given me this, yeah, but... It's the same reason that I can't talk to a lot of Republicans about Donald Trump. They will scurry away into their safe space and refuse to even acknowledge the things that I'm asking them. And they fall back on hating Biden, just like my friend might fall back on hating Putin. It's just bizarre. And it doesn't change anything. And what I don't understand, and this is a, a, kind of across the board on everything, if you've been flying a Ukraine flag, look, you've been under constant U.S. and Western propaganda about this war. They leave out a ton of things that I've covered on this show endlessly. I won't do it now. I understand it. But you are not defined as a human. Do, do you know this? You're not defined by your support for Ukraine. If you come across documentation, and I've given plenty of it here, that Ukraine has been the aggressor and has killed 14,000 ethnic Russians in violation of the Minsk Accords, and they have a bunch of literal Nazis in their military, you aren't personally losing anything to say, holy crap, nobody told me that. I can't support that. And then changing your mind. And it's, it's the same with every issue, and maybe I am just wired so differently. Because, look, I was wrong to support Bush 1, Bush 2. I had a Bush bumper. I had a Bush Cheney bumper sticker on my car. Oh my God, how embarrassing. I was wrong to support the Iraq war. I was wrong to support the drug war. I was wrong in the past to support the FBI thinking, I, you know, I used to be one of you law and order people. Oh, look at those, those true American patriots in the FBI. Uh, here's, here's a biggie. I was wrong to support Big Pharma. Yes, I used to aspire to work for Big Pharma as a pharmaceutical sales rep, and I thought they were the trailblazers in health. I remember thinking, you know, I've brought this up before, but the stories when they said the Africans would run away when the vaccine trucks came up, I used to think, oh, those stupid savages. Turns out they were right. I was wrong. I was wrong to look down on anti-war hippies. And see, I can admit all of these things I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong about something tomorrow, I'll talk about it. Because I don't personally lose anything to change my mind when I learn new facts. And my curiosity question is, if I can't answer this in this realm when I get to heaven, again, assuming, one of my first questions will be, why do people, why do human beings have to cling to cult-like allegiances on every issue so afraid to change their mind on anything? Doesn't matter what facts you present them with. They retreat to a safe space and refuse to take those in and actually have it change something in their minds. Maybe it, this is not a great radio show to just be wondering things out loud. 
but I can't be the only person who's, who's ever noticed this. Is there anybody out there that just wholesale changed their mind on COVID, got into it six months down the road, a year, maybe a year and a half ago, and you saw things happen around you, you saw people injured by the vaccines, you saw that they didn't work, and you said to yourself and out loud to your friends and people, I was wrong. I thought this vaccine was great and that the unvaccinated were causing problems for society. Turns out they weren't causing any problems. It was big pharma that was selling us a load of crap. Is there anybody out there that made that change? When the facts presented themselves, you have to have butted into the facts. At some point, if you're listening to talk radio, at some point, you must be interested in news and in current events. You have to have butted up against the facts that the vaccines don't work, that plexiglass doesn't work, that masks don't work. Is there anybody out there that changed their mind on these things? And the list of things to change your mind on is endless climate hysteria, wars. Uh, it's just the list is endless. I just don't understand. I don't understand how people can't take in new facts and change their mind. I'm missing this cult gene that seems to have infected everybody. back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WYAB. I made a mistake. The second I said it, but you know, once it's been said, it just goes out there. Uh, I said, I must be missing the cult gene that everybody else has. That's not true. And I apologize for that. A vast number of people that I know do not have this gene where they have to invest their entire personality into a politician or a policy and they just cannot change. I know many people who are very open-minded. If there weren't at least a few of people who were open-minded, I wouldn't have a show. So I kind of apologize. I don't mean to say that I have this special ability. I'm just, just the, the totality of humankind. We're, we're following so many bad paths right now. They're just so demonstrably wrong that I just find myself, I, I don't know how we're swept up in this and how so many people, how this friend of mine who I, I love dearly, I'm scared to ask her. <laughs> I'm scared to ask her if the new facts from the New York Times, her Bible, tells her that there's Nazis in the Ukrainian army. I'm scared to listen to her justify that to me and explain it away easily. I don't, I don't want to have that conversation. So maybe I just went on a big diatribe because of an interpersonal relationship and, a, <laughs> and some fear that I might lose that relationship. Apologies. Hey, All right, final segment for the day. I'm going to go ahead and touch on this. I'm sure it won't be the last time we talk about it. It's been two weeks since I've done a show. So I'm I'm a little behind the times, but I wanted to. (laughs) We've kicked off the Republican primaries, I guess. While I was away, Ron DeSantis announced he's officially in the race. And I got to tell you, it took me about three or four days to be completely exhausted of the Trump versus DeSantis stuff watching the supporters of each take to Twitter and bash each other over the head and call each other terrible names. As I told you long ago, the Republican Civil War has begun. 
Now, of course, the Democrats have fixed that for themselves by just deciding to not even have a primary because they're complete totalitarians who tell you they're lovers of democracy. But we are in the middle of the Trump versus DeSantis uh, slugfest. Uh, the, the people who have uh, announced so far Trump, DeSantis, Pence. I warned you about Pence the day I came on air. I, I, I'm never going to stop telling you that because so many people, oh, Trump, Pence. He's a great American. He's a cyborg, number one. He may, he's campaigning to be our first, uh, our first cyborg president. But uh, Nikki Haley, the warmonger that Trump hired to be our UN uh, representatives, Chris Christie, the donut boy, he is, uh, he's coming on. He's going to say terrible things about Donald Trump. Uh, the Vivek Ramaswag, I can't say his last name. I really haven't heard it that often. But uh, really, he, he lost me on committing our troops to Mexico for the war down there. He, he says very controversial things to try to get attention. I guess I can't blame him. I just wish they were actually good things. So you Vivek fans out there, <laughs> he's lost me. You can quit sending me his stuff. And then there's Tim Scott, who's, you know, seems like a nice enough guy, but he's, he's, he's just a Republican. Nothing interesting or exciting about him. This is actually a long and disappointing list. There is not a single freedom candidate in the bunch. Most of those, the ones that are polling at 1%, they're doing it for the money, for the grift. Not one of these Republican candidates has an honest philosophy that would shrink the size of the U.S. government, the government we cannot afford. Not one of these people would tackle the debt in any meaningful way. Not one of them would roll back the empire and close the 800 military bases we have around the world that are bankrupting us and angering the rest of the world. Not one of these people would challenge the Fed, the Death Star, as I call it, run by the banksters that crushes the middle class and below. Not one of these people will tackle entitlements that will destroy us financially in the not-too-distant future, I might remind you. And currently, Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump are trading accusations that the other one might actually uh, tackle Social Security. They're assuring their voters they won't touch it. But every single one of these guys would certainly use emergency orders and executive power to strip us of our rights at the drop of a hat. There is not one serious person in that list of Republican uh, candidates that would fundamentally change the trajectory of this country, which, of course, is just like the last 70 years of Republican candidates who make it to the, to the general election. So every person in serious contention for the Republican nomination assures you that you're going to get more of what you've been getting for the past 70 years. Because Republican voters don't demand more. They don't demand that from their candidates, that they be something uh, actually different and tackle those big issues I just mentioned. And those are all conservative issues. Big government, overreach, uh, all of those things. are. But Republicans just want to be sold a candidate, and then they want to join the team and cheer it on. They don't demand anything better from these people. Uh, DeSantis may be... You know, you could. He's got good bona fides for freedom when it comes to Florida. But as I warned you, when he was, uh, they were floating him for a president. I said, please keep him in Florida because as soon as he opens his mouth on things like foreign policy, I'm going after the guy because he's terrible. So while most eyes are on on Trump and DeSantis, I once again find myself on an island. <laughs> as the tribes are now forming, I just watch from my island because I don't like either one of them. And here's the thing is that neither Trump nor DeSantis are serious, principled people. 
They're, they're quite simply not. Uh, Ron DeSantis had an opportunity to weigh in on Ukraine the other day, and he immediately went into uh, nothing about stopping World War III, but focusing in on the woke military. He's a one-trick pony. He's decided that he's going to be the woke warrior. But his foreign policy was terrible when he was a member of Congress. It looks like it's lining up to be terrible again. I just wish he'd stay in Florida where he can do some good and did some good. And here's the thing is, you know, this is another lost art, changing your mind and not getting emotionally invested and not joining a cult. That's one skill. Another skill is being able to look at somebody and said they did some things good and some things bad. See, I learned during the Trump presidency that you pretty much had to be all in, love Trump, justify anything that anybody says he did bad. You have to explain to him why it's still the greatest thing in the world, or you had to hate him with the passion of a thousand sons, and everything he did was horrible. There was no middle ground as much as I tried to skate it. Now, the interesting thing is, the most interesting and serious person in the race so far is Robert F. Kennedy Jr., And on several issues, he is the best. Just imagine that, the Democrats. The Democrats have got somebody uh, that is better on some of the biggest issues, and on some, he's got tremendous baggage. I've seen some previous statements by RFK Jr. At one point, he said he wanted to lock up climate change deniers. Oh, yeah, that's a biggie. Yeah, that's kind of a biggie. He's also had uh, problems with gun control in the past. The interesting thing is, I wonder if, I wonder if Kennedy, through COVID and seeing just how nefarious our government is, I wonder if Kennedy has woken up to the fact that maybe he's getting hoodwinked. The same people pushing the Ukraine war, the same people pushing the vaccine, are the same people pushing the climate uh, narrative. I think that's very, that should be very uncomfortable for people who are awake on the vaccines, who are awake on the Ukraine war. Kind of hard because you, it's the exact same people that told everybody they needed to get vaxxed that is telling everybody they need to give up their gas stoves and their gas-guzzling cars. It's, it, they're the same people. So I wonder if RFK can scratch a couple of brain cells together, rub them together and generate enough heat to go, oh my God, I was hoodwinked on this climate hysteria. Now, RFK has done some great work on pollution. And I think probably everybody listening to me is against pollution. And we know there's horrible corporate polluters that, you know, pay people off and just a cost of doing business to poison people's water and stuff like that. That's pollution. And RFK Jr.'s done great work on that. That's not climate change, though. That's not what they're talking about. They're not t- that climate change is a whole different agenda about totalitarian control. So the jury is out on RFK Jr., but at least between Trump, DeSantis, I'm not even talking about Biden because, I mean, he's almost a non-entity at this point. Now, I don't think there's any way he makes it to 2024. Uh, maybe Michelle Obama or Hillary, I don't know. Something's going to happen. And look, they're going to screw RFK out of this deal. <laughs> he does not have a snowball's chance in hell of getting a free and fair primaries process with the DNC that's wildly corrupt. Maybe he goes independent. That would be interesting to see. Again, I'm not telling anybody to go out for vote for RFK, but at least I feel like he's read a book. RFK is, even if he's wrong on some things, he's a thinker. 
Now, DeSantis might have read a book about COVID because he seemed to get to the bottom of that pretty quickly. But his congressional record and his foreign policy is a train wreck of neoconism. And Donald Trump, I think he, he may brag about the fact he's never read a book. And I've said it so many times, Trump has absolutely no core beliefs that are actually thought out, no principles that are well-reasoned. He knows what makes his base swoon, and he just capitalizes on it. And when he misjudges his flock like he did on the vaccine, he just says he doesn't want to hear anything else about it. Can you even imagine at this point in history of this failed and dangerous vaccine, can you imagine being the guy who still takes credit for it? Trump's fragile ego is his worst enemy, bar none. Absolutely none. So anyway, we're we're off to the races again. And and let me just say, if you're in a political debate with somebody, if can I just maybe this is just personal. Maybe I'm the only person this bothers. A lot of this show seems today to be about me and what I think. <laughs> what what I just think about things. Uh, those of you out there, and I'm sorry, but it's I I see it mostly on the Trump supporting side. Don't make your Twitter arguments in all caps. You look like a nut job. It, take the cap lock off uh, when you're tweeting and having a discussion with somebody. You're not winning anybody over with the all caps. That's all the time I got today. I'll see you next week. Uh, bye bye. Here comes the, here comes the boys